0: Hey, this is Carlos GGS from Guitar God Secrets. How are you doing? I'm talking to you from a distant land today. That's right, I'm out here in Belize, in Central America. For those of you not too hip to modern geography, this was once called British Honduras. And it actually is the part of the, uh, if you know where the Yucatan Peninsula is in Mexico, that famous place where that asteroid hit years and years and years ago, It wiped out all the dinosaurs. Well, I'm just south of that. So, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Well, you can bet one thing. I brought my guitar, and I brought my portable rig with me, which I will give you a little quick rundown of in a bit, but I also wanted to give you something interesting this week. I wanted to talk to you about some interesting, fun, weird facts about the guitar. But you wanted to know some weird things about the guitar, didn't you? Why things are the way they are. Sometimes you just pick up the guitar and just play because because that's the way it is and that's the way you do it and that's the way you're told by a lot of instructors who sometimes don't know themselves why things are the way they are. Well I'm going to give you a little bit of background here. Oh and if you hear a lot of wildlife in the background yeah that would be the fact that I am in a technically a tropical rainforest area with lots of birds and lots of weird little animals. We've got a couple of lizards that live under our porch and uh couple of Mundi there's something for you to look up kuatamundis are like this weird freakish raccoon that uh, is about as big as a monkey but uh, what you want to know is more about guitar right well first of all how many octaves does a guitar have in other words how many times can you repeat the exact same note going up exactly 12 notes well An octave, of course, is an exact doubling of a frequency, which means you're basically shortening the string by half as much. And that's why the frets get closer together as you go up the neck. The distance between the first fret and the twelfth fret is significantly different than the the distance between the twelfth fret and the twenty-fourth fret, because you're taking half of what was once the whole string now you're taking half of what is left of the string so it's only i think half as much (laughs) crazy how that works isn't it but 12 frets indicates the first octave so if you have the low e string open at the 12th fret it's exactly half as long and the 24th fret it's half as long as it was that's how you get to two octaves so, how many total octaves can you get on a guitar? Well, there are three octave, or excuse me, there are um, five octave guitars, but most guitars today, if they have 24 frets, that is, go four octaves. And most do a little bit less, because we're probably used to most guitars having 22 frets. If you're a shredder or if you enjoy those super strats, I'm sure you've got what I've got, which is mostly 24 fret models. So, why are the B and the G string? tune so wacky and weird? Why is it that we tune the B string to the fourth fret of the G string? Well, this reasoning actually comes to us from the fact that it makes makes it a lot easier to play certain chords. If you think about it, if you're going to play a bar chord, what are you doing? You're putting your finger all the way across from the, uh, the low E string to the high E string. And you've got an, exa- an exact two octave difference there between the low E string and the high E string. Now, how would you play that if the guitar was tuned any differently? That's right. It would be, instead of the B and E strings being B and E, they would be C and F. Meaning, to get that last E note, what would you have to do? You'd have to shift your finger, slant your finger back one fret. Dude, that's just kind of obnoxious, isn't it? So that's why they've tuned the guitar that way. Otherwise, we'd be having those last two strings be the C and F strings. Now, you can, of course, tune it that way, but you're going to have interesting time when it comes to doing certain bar chords. Did you know that Fender produces nearly 90,000 strings each day? That equates to about 20,000 miles of string per year. And if you put that end-to-end, that would be uh, long enough to go all the way around the world pretty trippy huh now if you think about it not that many people i mean i don't know this this for a fact in terms of string sales but i'm guessing that uh ernie ball deodario and some of those other guys are probably higher level producers maybe maybe not i don't know but imagine if you added up all the string makers and all the string that they make hell we could just tie a lasso around the moon i don't know what kind of note that would be if you plucked it well In 2005, you want to know what the most expensive guitar was that was sold at auction? I'm sure it's probably been exceeded now if they've sold the same guitar, or I don't know, maybe not. But in 2005, the most expensive guitar was sold at auction for a whopping $2.7 million. You want to know why? Well, it was a Fender Stratocaster, and it was signed by Brian Adams, Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Eric Clapton, Paul McCartney, Jimmy Page, and Brian May. And if you're like me, you're asking, what? Brian Adams? Are you kidding? (laughs) And yeah, you can also ask why Mick Jagger even signed it. But that was the most expensive guitar sold at auction. Did you know that Leo Fender, the guy that invented Fender guitars, never actually learned to play the guitar? Isn't that just totally wild? I mean, I'm sure the guy could probably fumble his way through a few chords, but probably not very well. He was actually an accountant, and he started the guitar business after several job failures he had in the Great Depression. Leo did actually play the saxophone. So there is some musical ability there, right? Did you know that Jimi Hendrix composed Little Wing, one of his most favorite uh, most uh, famous tunes, in just 145 seconds? That's like two minutes. Of course, the part of it that we don't uh, necessarily know about is... How much he fiddled with the guitar and that to get the solos and the uh, the solo playing over the top of it he probably composed the actual structure in 145 seconds but you know what doesn't diminish the fact that the man was a true musical genius the first wooden guitars were actually created by both Leo Fender and Les Paul and funny enough that they happen to be the two most popular brands today and popular styles the Fender Stratocaster and the Les Paul they were both crafted independently by both of these guys in 1950. So both guitars, same time, and two legends created. This is kind of a wild thing if you think about it. Did you know the most influential guitarist of all time, according to Rolling Stone magazine, of course, is Jimi Hendrix? Well, yeah, I know that's not much for trivia because we all probably knew that one. And let's go into a little bit of trivia about certain guitars, special guitars. Do you know... Who owned the Frankenstein Strat? Yeah, I know. If you've watched any of my videos, you should know this one by now. Of course, it's Eddie Van Halen. This is the most uh, famous guitar that Eddie had built himself, and of course, looks like it's barely staying um, together as he's playing it on stage. He used it throughout the 70s and uh, early 80s, and he actually used bicycle tape to create the famous designs on the body, the white and black stripes with a red finish. The neck on it is actually a Kramer, and it's sometimes confused with being an actual Kramer guitar, but it's actually not. The body is from a Strat. Do you know who owned number one? Number one was Stevie Ray Vaughan's guitar. It was his main instrument that he had to rebuild very frequently. He was very, very hard on his guitars, and I never got to see him live, but you can tell he's just playing the hell out of that thing. He also used such, his guitar strings were so thick that his fingers would get cut, and you'd have to put super glue on the tips of them to keep playing. And that guitar was buried with him after his tragic helicopter crash where he perished. Do you know who plays the Red Special? Yep, that would be Brian May. That's the name of his guitar, the one you've probably seen pretty frequently with pictures of him and the one he plays the most. Brian and his father actually built that guitar from a 200-year-old mantelpiece. Pretty trippy, huh? Brian believes the wood is what gives him his famous sustain. Do you know who owns the Stratocaster number 0001? That would be David Gilmour. Yes, all you Floyd fans. This is not the first Stratocaster it was ever made, but it was made in about June 1954, which is pretty damn old. It has a special paint job, very nice gold finish, and David Gilmour suspects it was just a custom job uh, in the shop with special numbering that was included on that. He said it's the kind of guitar that separates the players from the wannabes, and he will never sell it. Do you know who owns or played Lucille? Well, it's kind of an easy one. The recently deceased B.B. King. And interesting note here, B.B. in the name of B.B. King is short for Blues Boy. That was his nickname when he was a DJ in the 1940s. Pretty trippy, huh? He named the guitar Lucille after he played a show in a juke joint that caught fire, and he ran in and grabbed the guitar. He reflected on how foolish that was, and he decided only a man in love would act that way, so he named the guitar after a woman. And lastly, do you know who plays the duck Stratocaster? Yep, that'd be Ingve Melmstein. His 1972 Strat is that yellow one. It's kind of a pale yellow finish you've seen on almost all of the guitar albums, all of his albums, and it has a Donald Duck sticker on the headstock. I think it also says Play Loud on the front and a little sticker. Malmsteen has played it on all of his albums, and he's pictured with it very frequently. So there you go, a little trivia about the guitar, little things to note about the sacred instrument that we love so much, and of course that out at parties, it's a hell of a lot more interesting sometimes than our playing, so you've got those little tidbits to throw out and be the uh, the guy that knows a little bit more about the guitar than even most guitarists know. Now a real quick rundown before I run is on my rundown, my guitar rundown. Wow, a lot of running going on. I brought my uh, setup out here, we have a house out here, and I leave one of my guitars that is actually in a what I hope to be at least a reasonably environment proof uh, guitar case. And what I will do is bring down my portable rig with me. Now, my portable rig, since I'm pretty demanding on my tone, my portable rig used to be just my iPad with a copy of Amplitude. But to be quite honest, it's very difficult to get good tone out of an iPad or even an iPhone because of the nature of how the signal is passed in and out of the, um, the iPad. Now, this has changed recently. If you are aware of the Line 6... Sonic port. Uh, this is actually a really good little um, add-on, if you will, to get your guitar signal into your iPad. Uh, it used to be proprietary. It used to be that it would only work I think with the Line 6 software, which is something I thought was a major down, uh, detriment to it. But now it does seem to work pretty much across the board with every single uh, bit of software because of the way they're doing their, their core, I, I forget what they call their actual audio system now that's in the iPad, the software system that Um, I think it's called bus or line bus I can never remember what the name of it is anyway what is audio bus I think might be it what they're doing is they're passing the signal through the iPad on a very common channel which means that you really can't even make a proprietary interface like that so that's what's cool about the Sonic or the line six Sonic port so I do I I do encourage you to check it out it's worthwhile because it's a very clean sound it's much more um, it's much more acceptable acceptable to use live or playing anywhere really but what I'm using now is I bring my laptop down here of course to do the work as well as to run my amplitude And what I'm doing is I'm basically using a USB guitar cord to pipe the sound into one side of my MacBook Air. And the uh, headphone port is connected to a USB speaker, uh, a little larger than the usual small ones you use. But it has some really good bass to it, really good sound, and uh, it's really good for portability. Now you're probably asking, Carlos, what are you doing for switching? What are you doing for pedal board? Well, I got myself a Line Six FBV short board. I think it's their uh, it's their shorter short board, and the FBV boards are actually USB um, pedals. They send their MIDI signals through USB which is very cool because I can plug that pedal in it's totally powered by the USB port it's got four pedals and it's got it's got four Um, stomp pedals, and it's got a regular wah pedal on it too, which can be switched between volume and wah, which is really pretty cool, because it's got a toe switch on it. So again, another really cool addition, because it was easy to bring down, easy to pack in a suitcase. That's my quick pedal board. I can switch between a couple of my sounds, a couple of my effects, and I can do it fairly simply using the, uh, the shortboard setup. Oh, it's called the Express MK2. I think you can still get this thing for about $99, and I would recommend it as an add-on to any rig where you're using computer. And these days it's becoming much more prevalent. I will probably have a computer as part of my permanent rig uh, this year, and I intend to have most of my MIDI originate, originate with my MacBook. So there you go, quick rundown of my portable rig that I use that I can travel pretty much anywhere in the world with. If I bring my Traveler guitar, my sh- my smaller rig is, of course, using the iPad with Amplitude and the uh, guitar interface with that. And if I want to get a little bit of extra audio, I can always attach a USB uh, set of speakers to it. Oh, one thing I failed to mention is if I want to play along with tunes, if I want to get some practice going with some of my favorite songs, I just plug in my iPod to, or actually I use the Bluetooth connection, so I don't even have to wire it. I use my iPod with a Bluetooth speaker that I've got here at the house, so I've got that for for music and music audio, so it's pretty slick. Anyway, if you've got any questions about that, feel free to write them in or comment on this post at the GuitarGodSecrets.com site, and I'll be coming at you again with another podcast very soon. And yes, next time I will be giving you some cool exercises and some cool playing stuff. I realize I've been derelict in my duty to give you cool things to play. But if you want something really quick to do, here's something you can do for next week's homework. Why don't you learn the seventh chords of all the chords in a particular key. In other words, learn all of the seventh chords in A minor going up the neck starting at the fifth fret. You'll find that this is actually a great exercise and it's also a better exercise if you learn those chords starting on the A string so you can see the other formations of it. There's a little something for you to do, something I did a while back, and it made a lot of difference in my visualization ability, not only for the different pentatonic positions, but also for the chords I was playing. This is Carlos GGS. Thanks for putting up with all the sounds of the jungle around me. It's been great yakking in your ear. Again, if you want something special, if you want to request something, by all means write in to me. You can get to me through the contact form on GuitarGodSecrets.com. Get yourself on over to GuitarGodSecrets.com forward slash free video and get the free video of yes my number one practice hack how to get better faster on guitar and the best thing you can do is double the speed you learn i can even do better i can probably triple and quadruple that go on over and get your copy of guitargetsecrets.com forward slash free video my number one practice hacks i'll be talking again soon this is carlos ggs live to play play to live GuitarGodSecrets.com, Guitar God Secrets podcast and YouTube content, and all content herein is copyright Morpheus Productions, LLC. Feel free to contact Carlos at Carlos at GuitarGodSecrets.com. We welcome your comments, suggestions, and questions, and your donations. Live to play, play to live.